Welcome to On the Mission, a podcast from the Upper New York Conference of the United Methodist Church, offered to resource leaders in the local church to make the next faithful step of being on the mission of the church. My name is Aaron Bowens, and I will serve as the host for the next six weeks as we journey through being on mission so we can understand that we are better together. We live in a time when the difference between us is often highlighted more than anything else. To say we live in a world that feels divided is no real shock to most. Yet we are called by God to live in unity. Unity is a word that we can often use without gaining clarity as to its meaning. Merriam-Webster offers some thoughts, including the quality or state of not being multiple or condition of harmony, also offered as the quality or state of being made one. These are helpful to get started. However, the follower of Jesus is invited deeper. In the next six weeks, we will explore together the call and practice of Christian unity. This week, our guest is Bishop Hector Burgos, resident bishop of the Upper New York Conference. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you so much, Aaron. I'm really excited and uh, joyful to be part of this uh, new conversation with leaders in the Upper New York Conference. Um, since I uh, arrived here in Upper New York, I've experienced uh, the Upper New York Conference to be a place where the people are really striving to live the gospel and uh, be God's love for the world. So I'm uh, looking forward to a conversation. How do we do that together? Yeah, and yeah, this is exciting. And, and I do want to thank you for being our inaugural guest on the On the Mission podcast. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to start off and, and have us think about as followers of Jesus, we are called to unity. To help us start this conversation, please share with us how you define and understand unity. Hmm. You know, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, when, when thinking about uh, unity, some uh, folks will define unity as a state of being undivided, right? Or some people refer to it as oneness. Um, other people will say that unity as is a form of harmony between all the parts of an organism. Um, I personally resonate a lot with the notion of unity as a state of harmony. You know, from a Christian perspective, I think of the four Gospels found in the Bible. You know, they are four parallel narratives, each unique in its way. Yet when we consider them together, they offer us a continuous narrative of the life and ministry of Jesus. So that when I think harmony in the scriptures, that's what I think about. Then I think about um, another image that helps me um, uh, captivate or uh, crystallize this view of unity as harmony is uh, the, the concept of harmony in music. You know, I'm a musician, so when I play an individual note in piano, they each make a unique sound. Yet, when, when I bring each individual note together, it creates what it's referred to as a chord or a chord progression, which then produces a pleasing sound. So in this unity, in this harmony, beauty is created in the form of pleasing sounds. Right. So, so those are so ways that I, I, I think about when, when trying to uh, reflect on the concept of unity and harmony. Um, when thinking about unity in the context of the church, I feel that the reality of God as we understand it in the Christian tradition and as United Methodists 
um, is the ultimate example of unity. You know, when we talk about God, we talk about triune God or, or the three in one God, as John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, referred to God. Uh, and God reveals himself in three distinct yet perfectly united and inseparable persons, Son, Father, and Holy Spirit. And as United Methodists, we, we proclaim that God has forever existed in this pure unity. So, so when we talk about being called to unity, we I feel we need to understand that this call is based on the very essence of who God is. The Bible tells us in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 8, that God is love. So when we think about the essence of who God is, we need to understand that the essence of God is love. So if to know God is to know the perfect and purest form of love, then I believe that any sustainable expression of unity in the church and society for that matter has to find its beginning and its end in the concept of love. And for us as followers of Jesus, not any love, but the love of God as is fully revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Mm. Nothing else, uh, Aaron, in my humble opinion, but the love of God in Jesus can bring and keep us together. Right. right. That gives us the echoes of, of 1 Corinthians 13, right? Yes. Faith, faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these Amen. is love. It is foundational to any conversation about Christian unity. Um, you know, love uh, from, from a biblical perspective is more important than anything else. The Apostle Paul clarified that love is what ties everything completely together in Christ. And we see that testify in Colossians 3.14. So, so our unity as, as people of God, as the church, is not of our doing. And that's something that is so important for us to understand Church unity is not of our doing, but God's. It is not us, but God who brings us together. People of different ethnicities, of backgrounds, walks of life. They, God brings us together into this one community, into this one family. Each of us, you know, being part of this beloved community of God. And, and Paul says in the scripture that then we are individual members of the body, of this community that God, not us, God brought together. Right. So, so from my perspective, um, unity, uh, as a, uh, something that uh, we address in the church is already a spiritual reality, yet not fully realized, but it's a reality. We don't need mm -hmm. to work for unity. We don't need to create unity. We need to embrace the source of our unity, which right. is the very essence of our faith in Christ. I don't know right. if that makes sense. Oh, it, it does. It, it's not, it, to me, it seems like it's something we receive rather than create. What a powerful concept and, and so aligned with our view of how God is at work and how God is the initiator of this beautiful reality and relationship. And we are responding to what God is already doing in us and through us and amongst us. Right. So, so um, when we talk about being called uh, to unity, 
I think it's more than creating something. It's a call to reflect the perfect unity of God. Right. And as we live in, in, into that invitation, and only as we do that, people around us are compelled to believe the good news of the gospel. Amen. So, Amen. so I feel that, you know, our unity in Christ, not only feel, I, I know, I proclaim um, that our unity in Christ is powered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that, that unites us uh, by, by the truth of God's word as it's revealed to us in Christ. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit that unites us in a shared mission that unites us for a journey of companionship so that we are encouraging and supporting each other to thrive in life and ministry. The, the Holy Spirit unites us to service so that we can be a blessing to others. And he also unites us into the powerful ministry of reconciling all things back with God. So, so those are some some initial thoughts that yeah. I have when I think about unity in the church. Yeah. I, I want to connect with, I, I love the image you use in, in music, you know, playing the chords and, and you have the chord progressions and, and, you know, I, I know enough music to be dangerous, um, but not to be musical. Um, but, but I know enough when I hear somebody playing music, I know when the chords are in unity. Mm. I also know when there's disunity. Yes. Right. You, you hear it. And, and if it's strong enough, you feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I, I think that brings me to think about is, is sometimes when we talk about unity, we, we spend a lot of time talking about what what we think it is. Perhaps you could offer some contrast or highlight some some of what what unity is not when we have this conversation. You know, that's a powerful question and a very important one, I think, these days when we when the world is uh, having so many conversations and we feel like, as you said at the beginning of our conversation, that we live in a world that is fully divided. Um, so when I think about unity, I think for me it's important to qualify what unity is not. So for me, um, unity is not a virtue in itself. And, and I think that's critical for us to understand. And, and it's not a virtue in itself because people unite for both evil or good ends. So when we talk about unity, we don't talk about unity for unity per se. No, you know, when, when we talk about unity, we have to couple that with, with the truth of who God is. And we already established that the essence of who God is is love. Then it is this... Uh, sense of unity in the love of God as revealed to us in Jesus Christ, that we find this perfect vehicle towards full harmony with our creator and one another as children of God. So that's one thing I think unity is not a virtue in itself. Then I also would say that unity is not uniformity. Biblical unity does not equal uniformity. God's family is a diverse group of people gifted to serve each other. You know, yes, we are one in Christ. That's that's uh, what we proclaim and we believe as Christians as, and United Methodists. However, God doesn't erase our unique, give, uh, unique gifts 
God doesn't erase our abilities, our uh, personal preferences, or other distinctions like gender or age. God doesn't erase our ethnic our, and cultural heritage. So when we talked about unity as an expression of uniformity, is not an expression of biblical unity. You know, the Bible in Revelation 7, right, that, that powerful and beautiful image of what uh, the kingdom of God will be, what is fully realized amongst us. It says, after this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothing uh, in white robes with palms and branches in their hands. I'm sorry, but that, that's not uniformity. Right. That's the harmony of God bringing together and reconciling everything back to God. Yeah. So, so for me, any call to unity that requires getting rid of, of one's heritage or, or blending cultural norms with spiritual obligations or, or even political part, partisan, partisanship is not a call to biblical unity, right. but to assimilation. It's a yeah. call to their uniformity, and that's not what God intends for the church. Yeah, I've heard it strongly said, uh, when, when we require uniformity, uh, we move towards being a cult rather than a place of, of deep relationship with, with our creator. Yeah, that, it is a very dangerous uh, proposition that in order for us to find unity as a church, that we need to think alike in every possible thing that there is out there. Yeah. So, so those things are critical for me, uh, uh, making sure that we are clear that unity is not uniformity. Another thing that I've, I've, I've come to realize and learn in the journey uh, is that unity uh, is not divorced from justice. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's critical. You know, Christian unity doesn't sweep evil under the rug. Uh, it doesn't avoid constructive critique, or it dismisses conflict to maintain a kumbaya circle. Um, and, and all of this at the expense of the suffering of those who are most vulnerable. Now, unity that is divorced from appropriate justice is a false witness to the to, to the holiness of God. Our call is not to be peacemakers for the sake of being peacemakers. Our call is to be peacemakers so that the justice of God is realized in the world. Right. One, one other thing that I, I would say that unity is not, unity is not easy. Hmm. Living into the reality of God's unity is not easy. And for most people, it will not be comfortable right. because living into God's dream and vision for unity demands humility. It, it, it demands that we surrender ourselves to God's vision for what can be. So empowered by the Holy Spirit, we, we are called to actively and constantly as, as Paul said, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Put on love. Remember we said that love is the purest reality of God. So put on God. Right. 
less of me, more of God, right? Which is the perfect bond of unity. Yeah, yeah. It makes makes me think uh, if we put on maybe a theological lens, it it can become a question of lordship, right? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, if if uh, Jesus is Lord, um, we we can we can then be in a posture of saying, I don't have to be. Uh, and, and I can yield to that love that God has shown to us in Jesus Christ and, and extend that to the people around me. Mm-hmm. If I can rest in the, the assurance that God is still God and, and Jesus is still Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have to fight and argue to try to be that in that role. And I, and I think that's so powerful because many times when we struggle to live into missional unity and this unity that God is inviting us into. And some people will argue that demands of us as the body of Christ um, is that we get to say no. You know, that that's that's dangerous. When you talk and you frame it around the lordship of God, we don't get to say to God, no, I'm not going to be united. Right. And, and even when we do that, I think Paul is very uh, clear in saying, even if, if a part of the body said that it's not part of the body, that doesn't make them not be part of the body. Right, right. If you don't want to be part of this. You are part of it. God already established this reality as part of the gift to us in creation. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so in my opinion, and, and I believe that a call to unity in the church First and foremost, it's an invitation to a growing and abiding relationship of love and trust with Jesus Christ. So when we challenge God's vision of unity, we need to ask, are we in love enough and trusting Jesus Christ to the point that we can surrender into that reality? We, We can't come closer to our neighbors. We can't see them as God sees them. We cannot love them as God loves them if we're not growing in our knowledge, in our experience, and in outward expressions of the love of Christ. Right. So, um, in the time of so many divisions and, and, and polarization outside and inside the church, Perhaps we need to consider the possibility that that our divisions had not much to do with our different views and perspectives around any given issue, but that it has to do more about a weakened experience of faith, Mm -hmm. a weakened relationship with the God who is love and calls us to love. That, my friend, is something to chew on. Yeah, that's that's powerful. That that's going to require some time to to sit with. As I said before, a call to unity, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because it calls us to immerse ourselves in the very essence of who God is. Mm-hmm. So so as we begin this journey and you begin these conversations and reflections, and we do that together as leaders in the Upper New York Conference. You know, in this season of Lent, what a perfect time to be reflecting on this subject. But not only in Lent, every day, in a time where so many things are threatening to divide us, I wonder what would happen if we pray to God to lead us to experience Christ's love anew in our hearts and all of our relationships. 
that love that that is the perfect bond of unity, that love that has united us in mission, in mercy, and service, and justice in the world. Bishop, you have uh, you have offered so much for us to to store in our hearts and 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 consider how to put into practice in our lives. Um, as we start to to come to a close of this this part of the conversation, uh, and I say this part of it because not just because we have a few more weeks of a podcast, but uh, I think this is the beginning of a longer journey and conversation uh, around being better together mm -hmm. and around around how the unity of God is offered to us to join in and and receive that and and be responsible to engage that. that as we move into that, uh, you know I had asked you ahead of time uh, if if we had a prayer that we could share together uh, and and part of this for those listening, we're inviting folks, to, to join in with this prayer and not just in this moment, but but on a daily basis as we journey through Lent, that we're gonna we're gonna pray together and and practice the the heart of unity and connecting with the God who is united and invites us into that. So could could you share with us a, a way that we could respond in prayer together? Yes. Um well you know as we are invited uh to this journey of reflection and action uh and moving closer uh, to God's unity and reflect on what it means to to be together. Uh, I I would invite us to pray uh, for God to fill us with God's love. As simple as that. So so this prayer can look something like God fill me with your love. Love that makes me one with you and makes unity with other members of your family. Amen. Amen. So I know I, I will uh, I will incorporate that into my my daily time of of silence and, and prayer, but to to just invite God to fill me with love that I can embody that love to to all creation around me. Amen. 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 And I will join you in that prayer. Great. And I hope many others will, will join us as well. Well, Bishop, thank you so much for being our first ever guest. We we pushed the start button and here we go on this grand adventure. Uh, this has been such a rich conversation, uh, and I'm hoping that it helps us to take the next faithful step to be people on the mission for the sake of Jesus Christ, that, that we might experience the unity that God has so richly offered to us. Well, thank you so much. Aaron, thank you so much for the invitation. And I, I pray God blessing on this new endeavor of the Opera New Year Conference and look forward to see how it continues to unfold and how uh, it, it becomes a blessing uh, to the people who engage it uh, over the next six weeks. Amen. Amen. And that, that's a great reminder. Be looking out for next week's episode and we'll have the next journey where we'll have another uh, another leader from around our conference who can share with us in that conversation. As we finish up, I just invite you to join me in prayer as we pray together. God, fill us with your love. Yes. Love that makes us one with you and makes unity with other members of your family possible. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.